0: Hello and welcome to The Evocative Project. My name's Blake Bradford, and I'm so happy to have you here today. The Evocative Project is all about building confidence from within, about having and knowing your why. Why you're doing what you're doing. And with this project through my stories, co-hosts and guests, we're going to teach you the skills that you need to take on life and fulfill it with purpose. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another incredible episode here on The Evocative Project. I'm so excited and humbled to be bringing you the mind tradie, Jamie Asher, will be your guest today on The Evocative Project and sharing his incredible insight on a lot of things. He um, unfortunately, well actually he he says fortunately, uh, he lost 90% of his vision when he was 26 years old and has really defined that moment as the pivotal point in his life that changed everything. When you get told you're not going to be able to see anything again, when life's going to be black, and you're going to have to live with inside your mind 24-7, you really have to start thinking about what matters to you. What are your belief systems? What are your triggers, your trauma response? How are you going to navigate through life? How are you going to be happy within yourself and that's exactly what Jamie was able to do on his journey through that he, he really turned to himself to build self-esteem to build self-awareness presence and gratitude uh, which is a massive thing we we discussed in quite great depth today on the evocative project and it was really a humbling conversation because Jamie has has taken the initiative now to study psychology uh, in entering and partaking in his honors section of that degree now. So he's nearly finished that degree, um, which is absolutely incredible. But what's more incredible is the fact that he's a father, the fact that he's a husband, the fact that he has a business on the horizon for mentoring and coaching individuals in how to become the best version of themselves. And that's what the mind trade is all about. Not by being the best version of what someone else wants you to be, but being the best version you want to be. And so it gives me great pleasure, like I said, to welcome Jamie Usher to The Evocative Project.
1: Welcome, welcome,
0: welcome, Jamie
1: Usher to The Evocative Project. Thanks for having me mate, good to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to have a chat with you today and really unravel your story and your journey and certainly uncover your why, why you do what you do and and your reason for being the mind tradie, the man that you are, the father of your beautiful daughter, a psychology student, uh, your own podcast as well, um, building and working into your online mentorship, previous business owner. Um, and certainly a mental health advocate. So I'm humbled to have you in my presence and sharing your journey with the Evocative Project today.
1: Mate, I'm honoured to be on. Thanks for um, thanks for asking me on. I'd uh, love to have a chat to you, man. I love I love what you do. So uh, and I've said to you before, you've got a great energy, and I love speaking with people that are like like-minded people and the same passions. So definitely excited for this one, man.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And um. Yeah, we, I guess we connected through social media, the beauty the beauty of the beast. Um, yeah. <laughs> and we really, I mean, it kicked things off pretty straight away. And then I just reached out for our upcoming webinar. And it, uh really us um, advice on that with taking the mental fitness survey, which is great. So thanks for that. And then I guess previously I'd been exploring what you've been doing in the mental health space and um, really, I guess, what, the mind trade he is which I'm gonna uh really excited to explore today and unravel your journey to that point and we like to start every podcast every episode with the story I mean evocative by definition is to bring strong images memories or feelings to mind so I guess what is the strong images memories or feelings that come to your mind through your childhood adulthood and into what you do now?
1: All right, well, there's uh, there's a fair bit, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> where, where 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 would you like me to start? I guess Look, where where should I na- where should I narrow down on? To start? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I'll keep pretty brief, like just sort of like an overview of your upbringing, your family dynamic, um, how you come okay. into your business life as a glacier, and then into yeah. what you're doing now. I suppose would be a great little journey, just a great, great okay. Life.
1: Okay, so I can, I mean, I can hit on more as we go along, but I guess uh, starting starting to say childhood, childhood was um, an interesting one. I um, had, uh, yeah, interesting interesting relationships, particularly with step-parents that were involved in my life. Uh, there was domestic violence. There was uh, unhealthy relationships with caregivers and mistreatment and all that kind of stuff, none of which I, w- I was aware of was negative at the time. Uh, there was taking on roles of uh, as protective for parents, as like from for, for physical violence and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's kind of going into like through through childhood. Like as I said, I can hit on more of that later if you want. But I'm like going into years of say adolescence where I was kind of didn't really have a very good relationship with myself at all. Uh, no self worth, no no self esteem, no kind of um, no real connection to life or who I was um and there a lot i lot started of, um, to develop more of a sense of stuff
0: i was gonna say sorry was there a lot of like drug and alcohol abuse through those years or
1: no there wasn't that that kind of stuff didn't really come until i was say uh early 20s
0: yeah gotcha
1: i, I started to explore a little bit more so yeah early 20s i developed a uh, bit more of an identity of who i was and there was a stage where i'm like i'm not taking shit from people anymore and i probably went too far that way mm. and <laughs> and. uh and, did some like I, I i took on this persona of like no one's going to mess with me anymore and that was certainly the case but i sometimes maybe i took that on too much in some times. but that's 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 pretty normal for a lot of young um like young males um but then i also i was able to channel into a lot of my energies some good energies some not so uh, positive energies like a lot of anger and all that from past stuff into kickboxing so i had uh, nearly 10 kickboxing fights around victoria um And then at the age of 26, um, I developed uh, a vision impairment uh, where I lost um, just over 90% of my vision within uh, two or three months back in um, 2010, the age of 26. And then um, so from then, what are we now? (laughs) So about 11 years ago, it's time fun has gone so quick but, um from then when i was running my own business and i had to give that up i had to give up driving and stop fighting and all that kind of stuff So about 11 years ago i kind of went on a journey where uh i had firstly had to find something where um find new employment was my main thing uh where vision really wasn't a uh like a, a necessity if you know what i mean yeah. like because my 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 whole business was in construction uh and my previous business was in construction that kind of stuff and no one's gonna hire a visually impaired man on a job site. It's just not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um so and for for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly a trader who can't drive, you know, it's not not it doesn't really work. So um anyway, so yeah, I uh I started a journey where I needed to, I actually found that I needed to find um, a new job through study. And then I started to um, yeah, like work with. A local council doing youth work. And then uh, after a while, I realized youth work, I wanted to dive in more. My motivational speaking, I was doing back in the time, I wanted to get more involved in that and have more credibility behind me. So I started a psychology degree. I finished that last year and now I'm in my my honors year of that, about halfway through my honors year. Uh, and that's where I'm at now. So the mind trading, what the mind trading is, I guess, um, the mind trading is about always being always being able no matter what age you are I guess particularly from like teenagers always being able to build not not just a better version of yourself but the version of yourself that you want to build not the one not the one that's say society should you should build you should build or you should be this way but like what what internally do you feel that you want to build like and who do you want to become and you know, um, that's that's what the mind trade is about. And mind trading, I guess, is the fact that I was an ex-tradesman and now I'm working on the mind, my own mind, and I guess other people's mind. So I thought, what a perfect name. And it just, to me, it rolled off the tongue and I'm like, oh, I actually quite like that. So, yeah, you know, that's where, that's where I'm at now.
0: Yeah, I think it rolls off the tongue brilliantly, being a, an ex-tradesman myself. Um, <laughs> I'm really, yeah, really humbled that you sort of took that persona on and really... I guess to draw back a couple, like 11 years, like you said, to go through that three-month period where you're a normal performing human to then have 10% yeah. vision, like, yeah. fuck. but then to turn that into your superpower in a sense where it you changed your whole direction, you changed who you were, just to get a bit yeah. of understanding around that journey, how was that, like, I guess, emotionally? Like, how did that play a role in your, like, a, that's how old I am now, twenty six. If I lost my vision, I don't know what the fuck
1: I'd do. She's <laughs> no wonder you got so much energy. Energy, I'm like, now, you're twenty six. I was wondering how old you were. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that gives a good, better perspective. All right. So, I guess this this might sound a little odd to people, mm-hmm. but I've been through harder things in my life than losing most of my vision, and I think that's how I was able to handle it. So there was a lot of stuff that happened in childhood. Uh, that probably built a resilience well not probably that definitely built a resilience um, and it made me be able to be able to handle it and I think what it actually did back back in the day was oh was not back in the day back in that time say 11 years ago when it happened was it kind of really grounded me in a way that I obviously needed not necessarily in a way that I was asking for but I guess the universe wanted to ground me in a certain way so I could see things better and that's that's why I always say the more vision that I lost the better that I started seeing things and that means in myself and in the outside world in my for my future and in my past as well so like emotionally there was probably in the first month it was it was tough and I'm like how am I going to do this how am I going to do that how am I going to find someone now um, and you know, and I, and I kind of i I still had back in the day um, I guess like not the most positive s- sense of like esteem and worth and all that kind of stuff because it was it was built upon things that were all external to me, like my job and my kickboxing and money that I had and and whatnot. And then when that all gets lost, for through no fault of my own or even if it was my own fault, it wouldn't matter, like doesn't matter how it was lost, my identity was gone but I believe that I was supposed to lose that in that way so then I could start this journey and then I could find and build a much stronger identity. Like I've got, I guess now, a much um, like a much stronger foundation on who I am, um, my, my self-worth, my identity, my self-esteem and all these kind of things. I had to, whether it was my own decision or whether it was just through circumstance, they got smashed to the ground, and then I um I had to rebuild. But I'm glad I did. Like I'm I'm stoked I did. It's the best thing that ever happened.
0: I'm glad you did too, brother. I just yeah, <laughs> like you said, I guess to understand too, what does what does ten percent vision look like?
1: Ten percent vision is a tough one to explain to people because everyone with vision impairments will see like yeah. see differently. So one vision impairment doesn't you know it, it will look differently for other people gotcha. um as in like one vision one person with a vision impairment will look dis- different to another person with a vision impairment but for me it's basically um i see mostly well peripherally so like in this like where i'm looking at the computer now i can kind of see that there's a shape of a laptop and i know how to look into the middle of the laptop and that's how i know but i can't actually see what's on the screen so i can't see you properly even though i i'm Okay, I've I'm sure as you say you're a very good looking person that you've told me quite a lot <laughs> you yeah. No I I I I can't really see, but I know where to look mm. um but I, it's so you just kind of how can I explain it it's like there's it's it's just blurry it's a bit cloudy it's like um uh, it's like there's a million little lights going off where information should be and so yeah, I don't I don't get everything but i get enough to kind of get around as in i can see my environment enough to get around yeah. it's a tough one to explain it's like yeah it's a, it is a tough one to explain but i guess some people have 10 percent vision and they could be the opposite of me and they could see um the opposite of like they, they could see like in the during the uh, sorry in the tunnel and not see peripherally and they could see this laptop screen mm.
0: um
1: but yeah it's a uh, it is a tough one to explain it's um it's mostly blurry compared to most other people. I guess that's what it is. It's blurry. And so I can't see things unless I zoom in on my phone or my iPad or that kind of stuff. Or I do all my studies through like all audio and that kind of stuff. Mm.
0: Yeah, I was going to ask that. How did, how did study go with not being able to read and can you write and things like that as well? Or it's all very much.
1: Well, so I can, if I'm if I'm writing on a bit of paper, I'll, yeah. I, can, I still remember how to right it's obviously one of those things you never yeah. never forget but i obviously i can't see what i'm writing I, but i just yep. kind of know what i'm writing but all the things that i do now are all kind of like you know emails and all that kind of stuff are all yeah. on on the screen um and so i can i can use the keyboard keypad um on the ipad and uh or or i can speak like mm. speech to text most of the stuff now which is good and that's how i write all my assignments i speech to text Paragraphs and then I'll go through and then I'll I'll fix them all up by zooming in, listening to them and that kind of stuff. So there's that, always a way. Yeah.
0: That's a whole nother level of dedication. And well, I've
1: got no choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's, what, that's well, that's that I love that that's your perspective on it because a lot of people that would that would be daunting, overwhelming, and they'd throw the eggs in that basket and quit. Um, mm. which really is a, a massive testament to who you are. And I guess it really shows the sort of grit that you've been able to like you probably what you said was since you were quite a young man um build that resilience and i'm listening to a book now by paul wood called mentally fit or mental fitness and he defines resilience or like mental toughness as grit
1: he defines it
0: as that and we were talking the other day and you you brought up the word grit and i hadn't i don't really use it too much in any of my stuff but um after hearing you say it i think it's just a it's just like a sturdy word. Like it's just it's like a good word, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like <laughs> get in, get it done, grit your teeth, even when it's tough. uh you yeah. just keep going, and and yeah, your grit must be something else, man. And what what does grit mean to you then?
1: Well, so yeah, but so grit, yeah, grit is. I think grit to me is not something that I, fortunately, not something that I necessarily have ever had to think about i could look at back at my life and where i am today and go oh yeah i showed grit and i always will that's just luckily it's it's in me that's what it means to me it's like put a barrier in front of me or put an obstacle in front of me and just fortunately i'm just going to find a way to get over it doesn't matter what it is might have to sit with it for a month or a few months or however long it is i'm going to find a way if i make a decision to do something like if i like, I'm, I'm not unrealistic with what I want to do. Like, I've, chances are I may never get my, like, I, I don't want to put too much of a, um, I don't want to sound too negative, but chances are I might not get my doctorate in psychology. I might not become a doctor of psychology, but I will become a practicing psychologist one day. So I will do whatever I can do to make that happen. But, and then, you know, eventually maybe I will go, or maybe I will do that. But right now I'm just like I'm focusing on that. But if I make that decision, a realistic decision to do something, Nothing's getting in my way. It doesn't matter what you throw in front of me. But that's not a thing, necessarily a thing that I I have to make that happen. It's just a, it's a thing that's in my brain. It's just it's just naturally what I do. And I'm glad I've got. It. I'm fortunate that I've got it. Mm. But on the other way that I look at grit now, which is what you and I have spoken about, is that grit is a um a well-researched concept, uh, a concept in um, psych- psychological studies. And there's a lot of um, there's well a lot of research that I've come across that says how grit so grit is explained in these in the studies i've come across is um like staying connected to a goal or purpose whether it's a life purpose or a, just a something that you're working on whether it's your business personal development self-development whatever it is mental health um doesn't matter what goal it is sti- like sticking to your goal sticking to your purpose regardless um or despite setbacks and sticking to sticking to what you're trying to work on despite what's happening around you, sticking to them. Um, and that's what grit is. That's and they can measure grit in, in different ways. So I love that there's a there's a there's a I guess a there's science behind grit grit as well.
0: <laughs> there's even <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause you've have you is it something like a part of a subject or it's just something that you've researched personally, or is it in your study itself?
1: Just by Just by chance, one of the um on my um my thesis, half thesis that I've written, um, just about a month or so ago, I came across it during research for that, and it was um because of my thesis is on uh, inspiration and like the psychology of inspiration, and I was looking uh, looking up certain things that were behind, I guess, pushing through and all that kind of stuff. And grit came up, and I like how grit came up, um, not just as a research topic or concept, but how it shows that grit, as I said, so um, staying connected to goals and put life purpose and whatever it is, tasks or things that you're working on, despite obstacles and setbacks, uh, can uh, has been like uh, correlated with lower depression and um, greater life satisfaction. I've, I love that kind of stuff. Like I think that's so relatable to anybody. Like that—that's oh, that's a scientific study that anybody can understand. So it doesn't just talk about uh, like psychological concepts of um, you know the average person wouldn't understand. I could I could say hey you to the average person who doesn't understand that this kind of stuff would say hey look you sticking to your life purpose and your goals or whatever it is like you know you can actually lower your uh, levels of of depression and you can you know give yourself greater life satisfaction and that makes sense to someone. So I like those kind of more simplistic kind of studies i guess that makes sense to anybody
0: yeah well i guess that really refrains back to the post i done yesterday which was about exactly yeah exactly that like i -hmm. get depressed as well and it's not that i'm a depressed person it's just that i experience these depressed feelings or thoughts in the fact that this is pretty hard what i do it is hard to live by myself it is hard to run a business to build webinars to create a podcast um But because I have my purpose, because I found my passion and I grit my teeth and I keep working through it, (laughs) I feel more optimistic. I feel better. I feel more positive more often than I feel those depressed feelings. And I guess, is that what you're referring to in a story sense of what grit is? I want to share with you what I've been able to do by having and knowing my why. I've been able to start my own businesses. I've been able to get in a van, build a van, travel around Australia. I've been able to get opportunities to start fundraiser events, run 100 kilometres, join a Paddle of Oz, which is a world record attempt paddling around Australia. I've been able to earn just under a million dollars in three years in my first business. I've been able to successfully navigate through separations, through relationship Traumas through life with a positive outlook, a positive energy, and most importantly, gratitude gratitude for the things that have happened to me in my life. And the reason I've been able to do this is because I've taken the time to invest in myself, invest in my personal growth, and build my mental fitness. And it's what we are so passionate about here at Evocative, and certainly what I'm very humbled in my obviously my achievements but certainly my ability to now educate others on how to begin and take those journeys because i've know i just know for a fact that if when we have mental fitness we have an opportunity to navigate through life's adversities pressures and challenges and then certainly when we get through them bounce back quicker faster better and stronger with mental resilience and that's what i want to teach you guys on our mental fitness webinar so please Follow the link in the bio, and I look forward to seeing you on future webinars.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, I I, also I think one of the things that you you and I have spoken about, particularly with depression, is or or feelings of depression. They don't have to doesn't have to be someone that's been diagnosed with or anything like that. Just say like feelings of a depressed kind of um, feeling in your body or mind or whatever it is chances are that nearly nearly everybody has access to that some have some people have higher levels of more intense feelings of that kind of stuff um but i would say most most people in some way have feelings in like the access to that kind of feeling and the and the thing is the the, the reasons why we might be uh feeling this way this way whether it's anxious or de- depressive kind of feelings is because it's our body's way of letting us know something probably isn't as good as what it could be or we're going off track or you know we need to slow down where uh, as i said that we shouted the other day that chances are uh people might not understand that so they think that when when they're getting this feeling they need to they need to push it away or you know that's it's a bad thing or something's going wrong is as in like it's completely negative well I think if we can reframe the the feelings of uh depression feelings or you know depressive feelings it's our body's way of trying to tell us that we need to slow down or you know just have a bit of a better think of the way you're doing things and you know you're taking on a lot at the moment and so that's that's all good that you're taking all this stuff on. Similar to me, you've got as much stuff going on as me, but it means that we need to do things in a certain way. And when we start going off that track, it's very hard for us to manage all the stuff that we've got going on. Now, either we we drop one of those things or some of those things, or we just, you know, slow ourselves down so we can manage these things a little bit better.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So
1: depression isn't, for, I guess, for the average person, someone who's not hasn't been diagnosed with a a chemical imbalance which is like something that might need to be like have to be medicated someone something that just like the average person can experience it doesn't always have to be the worst thing like it's it's your body's way and your mind's way of telling you something probably could be a little bit better in your life. Yeah, something you're doing physically, something you're doing mentally, something you're taking on too much, or you're not manage everything you've got going on yeah. as well as what you could. You're not eating good enough. Whatever, there's like a whole, oh, yeah. different, you know, whole range of different things that could be happening. Um, but I th- that's what I truly think now. So if I start feeling it now in some way, I'm not as hard as on hard on myself. Um, it's just more about okay, something's trying to tell me something here, and it's not random. It's not happening through uh, as we've also discussed that it's not a random black cloud that shows me to have bad feelings i've Mm. i've created this through actions and beliefs and patterns of uh i don't know thought processes and all that kind of stuff that like whether it's in the last week or days leading up to me feeling like this it's not random like there's things that i have done to led me feeling this way um and which means that i can in the opposite of that, in the reverse of that, there's things that I can do to get out of it as well. Mm. So yeah,
0: yeah, and I guess to keep drawing on that because it's such an interesting conversation, and you sort of really, I nearly, you almost got there at the end is recognizing those patterns of behaviour, recognizing yeah. those patterns of feelings or emotions that really potentially could be the result, or I guess the implication that. You need to make a, a change or an adjustment. I guess the same yeah. way you would with your physical health. Like you go into the gym for months on end and you're you're not seeing results. And then, mm. or you are seeing results, and then all of a sudden you change your diet, you change the way you live, because you're like, oh, well, I've got it, it's in the bag now. And then those results start diminishing. You start feel like shit again. It's like, mm. oh, okay, I was feeling so good. What have I done differently? Well, I've started eating shit again. Yeah. Only training three days a week instead of five. Okay, I can recognize a yeah. pattern. Is it the same thing with, I guess, depression and and those behaviors and those patterns as well?
1: I yeah, I I do, I do strongly believe that. As I said, for the average person, um, and I guess that's probably one thing I've got to uh, make make a I guess clarify here. So there will be people that have, um, I guess more major signs of depression. And that could be more of the ke- chemical imbalance side that will most likely have to be medicated. But for the average say person, the average Australian or the average person around the world, I guess that experiences just like, uh, I guess, um, episodes of depressive feelings. This is what we're talking about here. I guess I should clarify yeah. that, but yes, to answer your question is that's exactly how I feel about it. Mm. If, recognizing pattern thought patterns or physical behavior patterns like what what are you actually doing like externally as well as i said look whether it's eating drinking water enough uh, drinking enough water eating healthy getting enough exercise are you doing these things right uh, and what kind of um uh, thought patterns may have led you to um uh, however you're feeling now like being able to get good at recognizing the things that you're doing internally and externally that have led to you you may be feeling not so, not so good at one point time, where you can sit down and go okay what what did i do because the thing is realistically it's what you have done and what it's what we have done that have led us to f- feeling this way which means that we can control getting out of it as well and not only getting out of it that's one thing there's getting out of it when we're feeling not so good but also uh prevention so mm-hmm. that's, I guess that's that's the stage that I'm at now, and I've, I've, I don't know how long can I say now. So, say for example, the last five or so years, my prevention uh, of of not feeling like that has become incredibly good. Like I, if I was to feel depressed in some way, um, well, you know, starting to have those depressed feelings come in, mm-hmm. or a- even anxious feelings come in, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like a day or two before I can start recognizing and that that's okay where it could have been months down the track before before I go oh something's not right no like I've been feeling shit for so long what can I do about it like it's seriously it's like a day or two now in comparison because I've gotten I've gotten so good at recognizing uh the patterns of behavior and thought patterns as well but also not just recognizing when something's not right but doing certain things each day to maintain mental fitness and i know mental fitness is a concept and a term that you love we both we both Mm. talk about uh, a lot so like what do i do either daily or say every second day or even weekly on some things to maintain that mental fitness so there's things that we do to maintain the physical fitness and and have a prevention for like you know stop getting colds and just have general healthy you know what i mean like so just be physically physically healthy what Mm. what do we do to maintain mental health and so there's there's some things that i talked about in my podcast the other day um like certain things that i do others is that either daily or every second daily to maintain that so i don't need to get myself out of things anymore because i kind of i don't get into it Mm. you know i don't get into that those those feelings the same way anywhere near as much like it's just it's such a um such a a contrast now to how it used to be in a positive way.
0: Yeah, yeah, I really resonate with that because obviously, one, um, everything we do here at Evocative is based around building and maintaining mental fitness. Um, you know, starting those habits, getting in that thought process or those behavioral trait, behavioral traits that allow you to, like you said, stay healthy, stay on track, recognize when you're a bit out of sync when these different feelings and emotions are coming in because you're so in tune with yourself, you know, self-awareness, you're on this journey of health, looking after your health, and you just can recognize quite quickly um, when something's a bit off skew or not so healthy in your, mm. um, in your actions or in your thinkings and in your feelings. And I notice yeah. a lot with myself now, if someone says something to me and it's sort of, Strucks a chord or something like that i'm like oh i do not like how that felt let's let's explore <laughs> that you know like hang on a minute yeah. like, if someone else said that or like 10 months ago i probably wouldn't have recognized that but because i'm continually working on myself day in yeah. day out when someone says something that triggers me to think hang on a minute i don't like how that made me feel or that doesn't feel right to me or i'm actually that makes me feel like shit i'm a bit embarrassed about yeah. that. I can recognize yeah. that and even happened to me the other week and I was messaged my counselor pretty much straight away. I was like, I just want to have a bit of a conversation with you around <laughs> um, um, a recent experience and a bit of an emotional experience that I've had in a conversation because I really don't like how it made me feel um, mm. and I want to just explore that. And I think that is what we're going to talk about now, the beauty of mental fitness is having that capacity and I guess even the confidence. To admit yeah. that you're not okay, to admit that yeah. shit happens, that life happens, um, but mm. it's having the tools and the capacity to then execute on that in that moment or in those, you know, when those feelings arise, opposed to trying to figure it out three months down the track.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what it is.
0: Yeah. So how, I guess um, I did listen to your podcast there on mental fitness And you spoke about it It really started to come in after your vision impairment and you Mm -hmm. realized essentially that, well, I've got to make a change. Like you said before, I've got to change this identity of who I am. I can't see life for what it is, but internally I can see it for who I am. Um, So how was that? Mm -hmm. How did your journey really begin? Did you start, like you said, you started talking at some youth work stuff, but how did the journey of mental fitness start for you? What did you start doing? What did you start learning and studying?
1: Um, all right, so where did it start? So it's really it's simple to me to kind of answer that one where I'm like, when I was given the diagnosis of, originally i was told like in that two or three month period when my vision was going i was told by um actually a couple of people one of them was a professor so a professor of neurology so you think someone i would trust and understand (laughs) uh, trust my and understand my condition they were told i was told i was going to see nothing one day i was going to see like nothing and so what i my way of dealing with that was all right that's this is happening uh, and then, so like, what can I, what can I do about this? And so how, what I pictured that being like was like, uh, seeing black. That's what I imagined because I didn't, I hadn't actually experienced that before. So I'd imagined just seeing black and like, you know, I did, I was single at the time. I didn't have any kids at the time. So I was pretty much, I was going to, I thought I was going to feel very alone mm. except for my own thoughts and the relationship that I have with myself. So what I figured the greatest thing I could do for myself at that time was improve the relationship that I have with myself and improve my own self-identity. I guess I didn't know back then that it was like self, self-esteem self or self-worth or all that kind of like these, these things didn't I didn't know about. But I knew that I didn't feel good about myself. That's what I knew. And I knew changing that was going to help me out. So that's where it started. And then that's probably what set me on the greatest and most strongest path for, I guess, what we now know is um, building who I am and mental fitness. Like uh, um, for me to become mentally fit, I, I, I needed to, like really become mentally fit, I needed to become, uh, I have a better relationship with myself. And I guess both those things bounce off each other.
0: Mm. Yeah. how? How difficult was it for you to build mental fitness apart from, I guess, recognizing and understanding that you needed to make a change, but I guess for our audience to understand in in their terminology or in their life, what's an action that they can take like, without closing their eyes and fearing seeing nothing again (laughs) and only having to live with their thoughts and that's what they picture for the rest of their life? How does someone, in your, <laughs> yeah. in your opinion, start building that mental fitness?
1: Well, I, I think maybe a best way for me to explain that is I could talk about maybe the, the kind of the, the six things, I think six or seven or six things that I've brought into my life.
0: Mm, yeah, let's do that.
1: Okay. So the six things that I brought into my life, they weren't necessarily at once, but in the, over the past, say, 10 years or so, what I've brought into my life um, to really help build a mental fitness and a mental fitness can mean that doesn't mean that doesn't I'm not sure what it means to you Blake but to me it doesn't mean that it's that you're always happy but it means that you'll be able to push through and then happiness, you know happiness will return if you have a not so good day. So mental fitness to me doesn't mean that you're always happy and bouncing around and you're all, well, it doesn't mean that. It means that you can, uh, like, just like physical fitness, you can say, go for a run and you'll recover quick. And mental fitness means you might have a, you might be brought down by something, but you'll recover quick. And the more mentally fit you are, the quicker you recover. That's what it means to me. And then happiness is, I think, is a knock-on effect of that. But it's not the ultimate goal. We can't always be happy. Anyway. I think the starting point for me was gratitude, being able to find things in my life back then, even ten or eleven years ago, when my when my vision was going, <laughs> find things to be grateful for, and the things that I was able to be grateful for was uh, while I was single and I had no business going on and I had no children or anything like that, I really had nothing going on for. this like a two-year period I had really nothing going on except walking every day and doing exercise. <laughs> Uh, was being grateful for who I, who I am. Okay, so my vision was going, but, like, my heart is beating. I'm physically still healthy. I've got conscious thoughts in my head. That's a great starting point for something. Like, I'm healthy. I'm happy. Uh, as in, like, I was still happy at the time, which is a bit odd. Like, I wasn't, as in, like, I was happy that I was still alive and I was able to start something, you know, I was happy that I was uh, still able to appreciate the sounds of nature. And I'll still be, I was still able to walk every day, just little things like that. Like when it got down to what I was still pretty lucky as a human, you know what I mean? Like my vision was going, but I was still pretty fucking lucky, man. So man, that, like so that, that might be hard. Like, how the it, fuck
0: it, does someone yeah. be nearly blind and still stay grateful. Like, it's something that I practice every single day, so I appreciate the power of it. But yeah. to start at that point, like, fuck, man, that's magic.
1: Yeah, I guess...
0: I can feel your energy when you're talking about it. Like, I can feel <laughs> how passionate you are about gratitude. Like, I can see it in your in your conversation, in your voice. Like, it means yeah. a lot to you.
1: It's probably... um. I actually you know what I think gratitude for me has been the one that I've been able to bring in and it wasn't necessarily the easiest, mm. but it's one that doesn't cost me any money. It doesn't cost me any time except maybe going for a walk and going for a run and trying to appreciate things and just kind of getting quiet and just appreciating what I've got, what I still have externally and who I am internally was like the smash everything else down and let's see what we've still got. And let's, that's what we're grateful for. So that's, that was probably my starting point for building a like a, a new version of who I am, having a better relationship with myself and really be on a journey of mental fitness. I think grateful for gratitude for what I still had was probably my real strong starting point.
0: Yeah. Dr. Huberman, have you heard of him before?
1: No, I haven't, no. Yeah,
0: I'll send you some of his information. He's a... Um... I believe yeah, he's with neuro sites like neuroplasticity and hormones and things like that. And talks on the Joe Rogan podcast a little bit. And he talks yeah. about gratitude and it's like, it's actual chemical actions in our body through yeah. neurotransmitters and dopamines and serotonin levels and cortisol. And actually the chemical reactions within us that happen when we practice gratitude, when we, Have that random act of kindness, or when we are exploring those things, like you said, what we are grateful for within our daily life. Mm. And I actually seen a stat the other day that was it's pretty alarming, but pretty interesting. It's like a one time act of thoughtful gratitude instantly increases happiness by 10%. Wow! Like
1: there's
0: a study done, I I can't remember who it was, I think it was a US (laughs) study um
1: yeah
0: you know i can probably find that reference and put in the show notes but it was it just blew me away and like it spoke then further about how it reduces um depressive symptoms as well but i just thought that was a great statistic and what resonated with me was the fact that yeah when i practice my daily gratitude like even if because at the end of the day is when i do it everything that was shit during the day is it's not forgotten but it's not as highlighted Mm. It's not as powerful
1: yeah exactly that, that, that's that's exactly what I get out of it that, mm-hmm. that kind of thing and I think just practicing it over particularly say the last yeah, the last 10 or so years mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it's 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 become far more natural to me and and then I guess that leads to the next kind of thing that I started to develop uh, which and I think you, you need gratitude to do this is finding lessons in everything changing perspective on your on a day on your day or a situation that you're going in and a, and finding lessons in it um because there will put i put my life on the fact there'll be a lesson whether you can see it or not in everything you're experiencing mm-hmm. and there's going to be more lessons in things that you'll experience that don't feel that good compared to things that do feel good yeah. there's going to be greater lessons than ones that don't feel as good mm-hmm. and it's like the quicker that you can become more in tune with what those lessons are and sometimes you don't see them straight away but just know that there's a lesson in it that's that helps you have more gratitude for your situation regardless of whether it feels good or not but also helps you change your perspective on it
0: yeah does that lead into anything to do with like belief systems and changing the way we think and believe scenarios like i guess the the main terminology or metaphor is like life's happening for me not to me is that kind of something you'd reference on the back of that
1: it it could definitely definitely uh tie into that for sure i mean like i guess you give yourself far more control mm. of your days and your situation when you realize it's happening for a reason try and be grateful for it um and there's a lesson in it there's because i truly believe that there's, the universe wants us to learn lessons i guess according to the people to the person that uh that we want to become so like we're putting our energies i want this to happen i want that to happen and i think the like the universe in some way helps us make that happen in some way and i yeah. guess the more that we you know the more that we're aligned with that i guess life is i think a little bit more enjoyable because we try to enjoy even the, the day the harder days a little bit more but yes yeah, so i think it ties into that because it's like it gives us more control and as you say rather than life happening to us it's like uh, we're, we're we have my um, far more control while we're um where we're going throughout our day
0: are you I religious definitely- jamie
1: no i i, I the, my religion is that i believe that there's a universal force mm. and i reckon we're connected to it that's that's my religion
0: i gathered that <laughs> do you want to talk on that a little bit more and your perspective on that universal forces and energies?
1: Yeah, I guess. Um, so I'm, I'm not necessarily someone who's really looked into the, the actual science behind it really, really strongly. Maybe we'll add when I have more time later on, but mm. I do strongly, strongly believe that there's universal force that we're all, that we're all connected to whether we like it or not. And I think, like how can I explain it? I guess for the the greatest the greatest book that I read, which was on this kind of thing, was a th- was a book called Power Versus Force, and it's a book uh, by Doctor David R Hawkins, mm.
0: uh,
1: and I highly recommend I highly recommend this book to anybody that's interested into this kind of thing. Because I've heard of it? Yeah, it's it's it was probably my first real life changing book back in the day. And what this talks about is like the energies that we kind of sit in, and the, by the by the, the our thought patterns and our behaviours and our actions and that kind of stuff. So we can we can uh, change our kind of our energy levels, our energy outputs, mm-hmm. uh, de- depending on how we think and act and like feel and how much control we have over that. And that goes down to like. You know how much water we're having, and how how healthy we're eat- uh, how healthy we're eating, and exercise, and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's like that energy output. Um, say th- what this book did was kind of, I guess. Let me just let me just go back a bit. What this book did was kind of it put levels, uh, like number levels, to certain emotions, and so. It is, it had like a whole bunch of emotions that were say still in a in a negative level. Didn't that Doesn't mean they're bad. But mm-hmm. what they did to the body was in comparison to other ones were were more negative. So mm-hmm. uh, there was a whole bunch that were say anger, anxiety, and fear, and grief, and shame, where they were on on a more negative level. Mm-hmm. And other ones that were on the say there was like a, a line where it started to become more positive I think it's I think courage is where it started then it goes into like acceptance of willingness and then it goes higher but what this book so fantastically speaks about is say like if you're say predominantly feeling anger all right it gives you this it gives like this number level to it And then, so I think it was like an energy level of, it was like 190 or something like that, which is just under the the threshold of um, positive. But what the book goes into detail of is it's like, if you're in this energy level, this is what you can expect to experience in your life. And this isn't just like um, him talking about what he's noticed. It was a bloody 27-year study of like say thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have worked, took part in the study and I guess spoke about the things that they're experiencing in their life while they're um, in this you know, feeling of anger or whatever kind of level it was. But it's like what this book so fantastically talks about is what you can expect to experience uh, in your life and in your body if you're stuck in certain emotions or not just stuck, but if you're, if you're um, experiencing certain emotions or feelings predominantly. Mm. so like i think back in the day so about eight eight or ten years ago i realized that i was in i was in shame i was stuck in shame which is one of the low ones and you kind of read what you can expect to um experience while that while you're at the level of shame Mm. and it's not good Mm. um but then you start looking at the ones where it's like acceptance and willingness and um so you know at these energy levels which I would probably be closer to be living in my life in now yeah. and it's true if you look at what look at what you are expecting what that you could expect at these energy levels of life yeah. um it, it's it's like uh yeah it's read the book it's it's yeah. great but it basically just it's basically um what it talks about the energy level that you are putting out through your actions behaviors thought patterns belief all that kind of stuff uh the editors that you put out is the one you'll get back that's the probably the most simple way to put it but the book it proves that there's a science behind it
0: mm. yeah I really like and I think um what I'm gonna um just point the finger a little bit you really I think you said it there quite a few times was that shame was your where you felt you were and then you said the word acceptance yes. a lot I guess it was probably I might be out of place here but is that where I guess you'd decided or made the conscious effort to be accepting of your conditions apart opposed to from being ashamed of them
1: well see, yeah i think you're, you're probably hitting on something there without me really realizing but mm. i guess so my my vision impairment is not something that i ever felt shame over or anything like that so if anything the greatest thing that has ever come into my life is going legally blind or having a 10 percent vision but the things that i had shame about probably had to, well, not probably, definitely had to do, do with childhood stuff and what yeah. that led to me being um, yeah. as a as a teenager and then as an early adult. So, like, I'll give you an example, okay? So, like, mm. when uh, when I was, say, at the age of five um, and, like, the, that's when domestic violence started in the house, when my mum remarried and there was a stepdad and I, yeah, I was five and I took on the role of protector to mum, even though I was the youngest of four, uh for four other children or three other children uh, and they were all older than me I took on the role of protector what that did was like it always put me at a um put me in a state of constant anxiety and I guess in fear living in that house but I, I didn't really know that but what that meant was things like so I wet the bed all the time and that's so common for people in that environment but I wet the bed up into the age of 15. Uh, <laughs> like that's that's abnormal. Yeah, but, but little things, little family. things like that. Yeah, that but little things like that. Like mm-hmm. I was never going to be a confident teenager if I had, you know, I had trying to hide bedwetting from people and friends and all that kind of stuff. And then like I, I had this really low, low self esteem, so I couldn't really speak to girls and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff very well. And so there was a lot of shame about who I was that I just hadn't dealt with. And I guess my way of Covering that shame was to get angry, and that's a really common thing too, for particularly for males. So males that feel shame or guilt over something, particularly say shame. Let's let's stick with shame. Mm. A way to feel more powerful, and this is what how um, what power versus force made me realise, is that my my mind and body. When I don't fucking like being shameful, I don't like this feeling of shame in my body. I'm going to get angry and angry makes me feel way more powerful. And it may, it absolutely did. It may not have been the absolutely the most positive feeling I could have. But if, if shame is literally the lowest I could have felt mm. anger, made me feel way better. Mm. And it makes it feel better than shame, guilt, and anxiety. If for some reason, any of those things start kicking in, what, what, happened, in, uh, what happened when I was, when I guess I didn't know any better was I'd get angry. And when I felt angry, I felt way more powerful.
0: Wow, that's. I think that's that common. is that's
1: a that's lot of individuals. Yeah, I, I, so I was speaking to a, a doctor of psychology on my podcast from from Canada, um, and mm. she was she reiterated that too. She was saying, particularly for men, mm. um, so like, so anxiety and depression. So, like, particularly anxiety in men, let's stick maybe have anxiety on this one. How that actually manifests itself physically or, um, I guess emotionally in men mm. is through anger. That's the way we get it out. We just, we we get angry. <laughs> some, some get physical. Um, some, some yell, some get angry at themselves. Some, you know, but that's, that's the way for even women as well. But it's just, it's more prominent in males to, to help it, um, Manifests itself through our anger so like we channel our anxiety through anger and it's like a release but the thing is when um when we release our anger uh, so release our say anxious or depressed feelings through anger and rage that's great you know that's good that we do that but we're just kind of this actually here's an analogy you might you might like being a tradie as well so like (laughs) okay so if we've got uh feelings of anxiety and depression and say that's the analogy would be that uh the anxiety and depression are like a, a, a tap that's got a leak all right and you, and you stick a bucket of, uh, under the leaking tap all right and so the the, the the what's going into the bucket is your feelings of anxiety and depression just each day just dropping into the bucket all right and then what your anger does it actually helps you release those feelings and you, you know you're throwing what's in that bucket away but that anger action isn't actually fixing the leaking tap but it's helping you release what that leaking tap is creating Mm. so that's you know for most most people most males that's that's a thing that can help being actually fixing the issue
0: yeah yeah i talk about that a little bit in a different um i guess analogy it's more like the root cause and then the trunk of like the tree is the problem and then the symptoms and a lot of the time we're, we're dealing with the symptoms that the anger yeah. the anxiety feelings the stress we're dealing with how to mimic them or mitigate them sorry we're not actually getting back to the cause the problem where you know what it's like you, you might whip snip the garden and you cut all the you know get rid of all the weeds that way and then 3 weeks later they're four times as sick and twice as long because the cause (laughs) is still there. The root of the issue is still there. And I think that's a very good um, point you make there around dealing with those feelings and emotions around that. Um, Yeah. And to that point, I guess where you sort of touched on your your shame and things like that, which is probably a real trauma point for yourself and as you sort of, I guess, reflected on life and having the study that you've done now. How, Mm. uh, How are individuals able to start reframing that trauma have you done much research on that at all
1: well i guess that one is a that one is i guess is a a tough one to answer but i get i haven't specifically done research on it so i can only speak to it from my own experience hmm but I will definitely get to a point where, I'll have, where I will be able to uh, do my own research on it and work with more individuals on how they can do it. So I'll speak to it from my own perspective and that's probably the best way to do it because I guess trauma is so individual and everyone's going to work with it in their own individual way. But my own, my own uh, trauma through childhood stuff and then I guess trauma through um, becoming what your class is disabled mm. um, 10 years ago, particularly in the last couple of years i've been able to really take that energy from regret and shame and anger and all that kind of stuff of like things that had happened and then, and i now channel it to who i am today so i guess the best way for me to explain it is that i can reframe my trauma now for uh, a whole bunch of things, and as I said, so shame and anger and and regret of for uh, missing out on things or not not working as hard as what I should have not but you know in my business or not uh, training as hard as what I should have when I fought or uh, not thinking as much as what I should have back in the day because that, that was a real strong one. Why didn't I think enough about myself? You know, I should have thought more about myself. That come that came up a lot. Mm. So how do I take that energy? Well, what I do is I take that energy from that pain that I was feeling. And it still comes in, don't get me wrong, it's not completely gone. But now what I do is I channel it into each and every day now. So how do I get up early now? How do I study now? How do I study while I'm working full-time? How do I have a child and have a podcast? All that kind of stuff. is because that energy of all that stuff that I was, that pain that I'd felt back in the day, I, feel, I use that to fuel my day each and every day now. So that's how I do it. So I can take all the all the energy from that pain, from that past trauma and all that kind of stuff, and that's how I. That's how I get through each day now, to a higher level. That's how that's... now I use it. I, I use it to fuel me each day. Yeah,
0: I really like that. Does that? And I think
1: uh... I, I. I think. I think when you can start to be in far more in control of any trauma that you've had, whether it's childhood trauma, more recent trauma, when you can use your trauma in whatever way it is to. Start improving your life, or improving the lives of other people. That's when you're got. That's when you're in control of your trauma now. So when you can use whatever trauma that you've experienced, the energy from that trauma, when you can use it to, as I say, improve your life or improve your life and other people's life. That's when you're starting to become far more in control, and you're actually giving that trauma a reason to exist rather than just sitting in you. Mm -hmm. That's when I think things things will change with people.
0: That um. That hits home for me. You probably can't see, but I'm smiling like a kid at Christmas. Um, <laughs> okay, good. Because it was only probably two or three months ago I recognized that because I haven't spoken to my dad in over 12 months. And okay. we used to be we used to be best friends. Um yeah, wow. and so it's pretty, pretty emotional journey to be on. But um I recognize that the reason that I'm so passionate about mental fitness, the reason I want to invest so heavily in myself is one, because I don't ever want to be that person. I don't ever want to have to experience that as a father, as a lover, as a son or a brother or a friend, um, because I guess I've lost that relationship to a lack of mental fitness or mental fitness per se. And then it also motivated me. I recognized that it's actually part of the reason I want to educate others as well on how to avoid it because I don't want anyone to have to experience mm. that. I don't want my friends that are fathers to end up, you know, not dealing with their emotions or dealing with life um, successfully, that they could end up mm. in a place like maybe as a son or a brother, the same as I am, or certainly as a father to their children mm. as well. And I think, um, yeah, I talk about it almost in every conversation I have around evocative and why I do what I do. <laughs> Is well, yeah. what you've just said that I've re- just reframe my trauma to um
1: yeah
0: I'd realistically become my passion. <laughs>
1: my yeah.
0: purpose.
1: Yeah. Well I think I, I truly think now the, if people aren't ready to do it, I could totally I can totally understand. Because people have could have such a high different like such different levels of of trauma. Mm. Like someone that might have lost someone close to them and that kind of stuff. Speaking to them like that, they're gonna be like, what are you talking about? but i think everybody at, at one stage in their life mm. uh when they're ready they can start using the energy mm. from whatever has happened to them mm. and i think cuz i think that's the thing i think trauma in in whatever way like or a, a not so good experience whatever however you look at it there's an energy in that experience mm. there's an like a, a literal energy in it whether it doesn't mean we can see it But I think when we start using that energy, that's when it like it's like that's when we start reframing it. So it's not like we just have to reframe it in our head. Oh, we think about it differently now. Let's start using it differently. That doesn't. It's like I think as you start using it differently, like as you start realizing that you say just say someone has had some significant event. Say like how I see myself with like my vision impairment. My vision impairment is one of the like is probably the best thing that's happened to me like other than my daughter being born and being married that kind of stuff (laughs) um like it's the best thing that's happened to me and it's like in that event there was an energy and i'm I'm now able to start using that energy from that kind of stuff there's something special in it and when you start using the energy from it that's when you kind of i don't know there's some real special things that happen in it like and there's like a release, there's like a weight off your shoulders and and all that kind of stuff. It's like there's, there's something. I, what I, what I believe is is like when if something big happens to people on like different levels, like if you don't if you don't actually use like what you've learnt from that in some way, well then I think then you're just a person that's just had something not so good happen to them. But if you can kind of reframe it in your head and start using what's happened to you in some way, as I said, for the better of yourself, your kids, the whole world in some way, that's when you really start having some cool things happen. Otherwise, I think you're just someone who's had a bad thing happen to them. And you talk about it as in, oh, I had this happen to me, so I can't do that. Well, like, then then that's your choice. That's okay. But so many different things could be happening if you can reframe it in your head.
0: Mm. I, th- I see a really nice um, line stringing through this conversation. It's sort of like using using life events and life traumas, so I'll use that word, traumas, and then learning yeah. from those traumas, using the forces and the energies of the universe that come with those traumas to develop your belief system, to be- develop that self-awareness, the ability to be grateful for those events. I see this as a beautiful line of gratitude for the good, the bad, and the ugly within your life, within the people's lives around you. And yeah. I think that's a powerful message. Um, and I'm going to ask the question because I ask everyone on the podcast, is that sort of like what formulated or potentially was the reason for you developing your why, your, your purpose, or your reason for doing what you do now?
1: Definitely, in some way, I think, yeah. There's, I probably actually didn't realize what my why was. I was just driven for something, mm. but I guess I was. I, I will, I will get to some. I will get to uh, your, your answer your question in some way, but it might be, it might be a bit long winded. But I will get there. So I guess for so long I felt held back by something. I guess by held back by traumas and childhood trauma, uh, whatever it be. Um, you know uh, vision stuff whatever I, I guess for so long i was held back by the feeling of like being a suppressed version of myself mm-hmm. and i guess firstly my why back in the day say i don't know five ten years ago well my why was i'm going to become who i want to become i'm going to i'm going to live who i know i should be living as and i don't want to be held down by emotional chains or barriers or whatever it is and I think I've been successfully able to do that. I'm continually doing that all the time. I'm continually learning who I am and how to become an even better version of who I am. Now, my why today, more strongly today, more probably more strongly than that or just as strong, is my why is how can I help other people see their best version of themselves and become that best version of themselves. That's my why. That's my why is the mind trading, why is the um, the why I study psych that's why I do it I do it so I can learn more about myself but also so I can help empower other people to become who they want to be as well that's that's my why today
0: yeah that's powerful man I really yeah I really appreciate you sharing that story with us and I guess um to to nearly wrap things up here what would be a tip from the mind tradie on finding their why um on navigating through and using whatever it might be in their life to understand and recognize that um things happen to us for a reason but yeah what would be your tip in finding that why
1: i think i think let's let let me hit on a point that i probably should have discussed before but it still answers your question is belief system Mm. belief systems okay so our belief systems are, are built, or I guess, strongly um, associated around the age of, say, up till the age of around seven. At the age of seven, so around the age of seven, you've you've built a, some kind of belief system about the world, yourself, and other people mm-hmm. around that age. So, depending on what kind of upbringing you had, how you were treated, loved, respected, all that kind of stuff, is what kind of belief system you've got. I think for people to kind of find their why now like and find their truest, strongest, best version, I think it would be good to question, question things, question how they think about themselves, how they think about the world, how they think about what they want and what they want to achieve and what they think they deserve. Because I think what people are actually going to get in their life is totally aligned with how much they believe they deserve so if you think you deserve this much well then that's what you're going to get and so if you question what you think you deserve and then you can kind of like say have a good look at your uh, belief structure or belief system and you can kind of somehow strengthen it. or if you realize that you know what my belief structure about what i think i deserve in life is built upon something that kind of someone else somebody else gave me or say uh, parents and caregivers it may may not have created the strongest belief system like if you can start looking at that kind of stuff and kind of restructuring it and strengthening it well you're going to get more out of yourself which means you're going to get more out of life and that kind of stuff so that's a th- i think a great way for people to kind of get in touch with what their why is and not only not get in touch with what their why is but actually get the most out of that see what their why is, see what their why is and actually be so driven to get it that nothing's going to get in their way, and not just that—not just to like you know, nothing's going to get in my way, but like literally to be not held back by those emotional chains or negative belief systems that you had. Find a why, and like live in a, live in such a way, and perform actions and have thoughts that lead you to that, lead you to that why. Find out what the why is, and go and get it.
0: Dude, I freaking love that. I haven't heard that like uh, perspective before. Using um our belief systems. How how much of belief systems do you um understand? Because I haven't really explored it too much at all. I'd love for you to share a bit of insight on that.
1: Okay, so I guess my greatest perspective on that is just something that I just said before. So our belief systems that we even hold as adults, say, for example, say me as a 37-year-old, if I never questioned it before, well, I've got a I've got a b i have got ai have got ai had a belief system that was formed in my head, in my mind, by the age of me being a seven-year-old child. Now, when I was, say, up to the age of me being seven, I'd seen uh, two divorces, I'd seen domestic violence, I was treated really badly by a stepfather, I was treated really badly by a stepmother, Mm. my um, mum and dad had their own issues of self-love, which means I had issues of showing love, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have the most, uh, (laughs) how can I say it, like, um, the most positive environment for building a good belief system. And you know what? There's so many other people in this world that have that exact same kind of thing. So what I want people to kind of, under, what would be good if people could understand is if if you had, or to be honest, even if you had a good upbringing mm. and a good environment, it doesn't mean it aligns with what you want now. Mm. Like, if you want something in your life but your belief system doesn't match it, there's going to be a discrepancy there and that discrepancy is going to cause you distress. Mm. So, but particularly for people that may not have had the greatest upbringing or, uh, or a belief system that might have been created in by people that's, um, actually, that's probably my best way to explain it, Blake. I reckon people to question, do you have a belief system that was created by other people? Or do you have a belief system that was created by you? Now, I can say now that I've got a belief system that was created by me, but it took a lot of work to do that. Because I used to have a belief system that was created by other people. And in that belief system was my self-identity, my self-worth, my self-esteem, and all that kind of stuff that was really non-existent because of the way I was treated back in the day. But now, because of the way I treat myself, I've got good self-esteem. I've got good self-worth. I've got good self-identity, and that kind of stuff. And how much I believe in what I can achieve, how much I actually believe, is now far more aligned to what I actually want. And they're like, what I what I know I deserve and what I know I can get are far more aligned. So if I want something, like I'm going to get it. So it's not like you know, there's that discrepancy now doesn't really exist. Where I'm like, I might have wanted to do something back in the day, but I just didn't know how to get it, but now I want something and I'll go and get it now because it's far more aligned to what's true.
0: Mm. I'm, I'm taking that and running with that. <laughs> That's, I, I really look Quest, right question.
1: at Question. People need to question their belief systems. I don't really care what kind of upbringing they had that might have been a great upbringing, mm. but it doesn't mean your belief system is aligned with what you want now in 2021. You yeah. know, question it and how how you can improve it. Mm. Well, like start living a life that is far more aligned to what you actually want to get. Mm. Start performing actions and thought patterns and behaviors and things physically and mentally that are far more aligned with what you actually want to get
0: mm.
1: so and yeah. yeah
0: I was having a conversation with someone just about, about that just the other day and around it was probably more it was more on the value side of things um. Mm-hmm. But I think you could frame them both the same way in, in different contexts. Um, but yeah. it was virtually what you just said there. Like I was operating in this belief so on these values that I thought I had within myself and my relationships were negative and I was doing poor things and I was not treating myself with love and care. And then I stopped for a minute yeah. and pretty much probably subconsciously or consciously done a different process to what you're recommending of questioning why i'm doing these things questioning these beliefs and these values and she was yeah. able to recognize that this isn't a lot. like i don't this i feel wrong doing these things why is it yeah. and questions her belief and questions her actions and her thoughts and then made that change, got control of her values, was living within the values and beliefs that she created for herself, not that was created for her. Um, which is what mm-hmm. you just pretty much said there. And I think, and well, from what she said, like it's changed the way she lives and breathes and operates now.
1: Yep. I guess my my greatest piece of advice for people now, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean everybody can do it, but anyone that's been um uh, they, they might be struggling with something emotionally in some way it doesn't matter if you're male or female We're struggling something from the past or something that's happened now something that helped me back in the day and even now that I still do to this day is meditation but not everybody can meditate but everybody can kind of say you uh, use exercises mindfulness and all that's their version of meditation so whichever way you do it so i i I do meditate and i have my own male meditating but there's certain things you can do to stop being stuck in that emotional state of your brain Mm. because when you're stuck in that emotional state of your brain which it actually performs a function all these emotions we're supposed to feel some some are not so good some feel better than others but while we're there we don't actually have like rational thought and problem solving so what kind of getting, um, being more mindful or um, I guess settling ourselves down a bit, and I do it through meditation, what this actually does is gets us to the, uh, uh, the front kind of part of our brain, which is um, the, the kind of prefrontal cortex area where rational thought and problem-solving are. And so what that means is like you're going to be able to far better manage whatever you have going on. And not just as a way of getting out of negative situations, but uh, preventing, but also being in a far more positive state of mind, being able to kind of think through whatever you have going on. So find what that's probably my greatest piece of advice for people is find a way of um, getting yourself out of that state of mind. So it's like emotions, yes, serve a function, but if we're just stuck in emotions all the time, we don't, we're not in, we're not in a good way of thinking. We're not in a rational way of thinking. So try whether it's through literally meditation, which is I'm definitely a big advocate for, or try you know go for a run or go to the gym or even just turn turn off the TV and just sit quietly. Whatever it is, like that's that's probably one of my strongest pieces of advice for people that are in a real emotional state of their brain uh, for whatever reason.
0: Mm. Yeah, I done a bit of research on that the other day, and I believe it was Dr. Claudia Agowie. Um, I probably pronounced that wrong, okay. but she spoke about it. In the fact that if you are meditating, the the practice of meditating, or yeah, that mindfulness, just relaxing and calming your body through breath and practice, mm-hmm. is actually chemically sh- changing something within your mind or in your brain, and it's changing yeah. your genes. It's changing your DNA. And I'm not going to articulate it the the way she did, but that was sort of my understanding of what <laughs> she said. Was it's when we're take the time to practice these things we're actually doing incredible things within our brain's chemistry to change the way that we're programmed and the way that we sort of act and and behave
1: yeah that's that's definitely true i've done um i've been looking into it a bit myself because i want to start doing some videos on meditation to start giving a bit more insight onto it. And so what I've kind of, I guess, the most simple simple way I can kind of explain what it does to what I've learned so far. So there's like a, a part in the brain called um, the amygdala, which is, I guess, associated with, um, uh, it triggers like our fight or flight response. It's, it's associated with that kind of part of the brain. And what what my, um, meditation can do, I guess, or mindfulness doesn't have to be sitting down with your hand in your lap, can be, but not for everyone. But constant, like over time meditation uh, like decrease decreases the size of that kind of area or dec- decreases like the funk. Um, how can I explain it? Like um, uh, it kind of, we're, we're not going, we're not utilizing that part of our brain as much or kind of, um, I guess, it's, I think I might've even said it shrinks that part of the brain and it, it kind of enhances size to the prefrontal cortex, mm. uh, which is, as I said, what I spoke about before. So the front part of the brain associated rational thought and problem solving. So they're kind of like, it, it kind of helps you over time more consistently get out of that fight or flight response, mm. um, which is, I think is the in the limbic system, which is like associated with that tri- uh, the threat response is mm. the best way to say this. The threat response when that is triggered through our, something that like happens in our day, when when our threat response is triggered, it's uh, like our brain doesn't necessarily go, oh, it's a it's a you know something's happened at work, so I don't have to get that anxious. No, a threat response happens and we get we get as 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 anxious as if it was something that was huge just happened it's like it doesn't really know how to regulate those things a threat response goes on and it gets triggered we've got to find a way to kind of turn it off but i guess over time the more that we meditate we've got far more control over that over that threat response um and as i said yeah using using the parts of our brain that help us i don't know see our life a little bit better have rational more rational thoughts and problem solving to our to our life by meditation so yeah big big um big uh yeah advocate for meditation for sure
0: what's next for you jamie where where's where's the the goals and the plans and the barriers you got to um uh, break down or hurdle over on your journey what what what's <laughs> sort of the mission that you sort of envision yourself embarking over the next little while to fulfill um
1: that well that's a good question i um so i'm still finishing my study so i've got I'm finishing my my honours year. I'll be finished that by about uh, by, by next year, and then I'll still then I'll have like another two years of study before I'm actually accredited. site. but that's okay. I'm happy to do that. That's totally fine. In the meantime, though, right, probably the end of this year, I'm going to be announcing to people. Um, I guess I can announce it here now, but I'm not officially starting it. But uh, I'll be doing mindset and personal coaching for people online or in person or. Um, However, I can do it over the phone, wherever. But I'll be doing that to people in the meantime. So I'll be using my skills of what I've learned so far in my studies, what I've learned in life, and like having um, strategies for, for uh, I guess, yeah, reframing trauma, getting the most out of ourselves physically, getting the most out of ourselves mentally. I'll be doing that with people now before I've, I guess, officially done my uh my psychology accreditation because i don't need my psychology accreditation officially to, to be able to do that but i will be doing that in the meantime because i just want to start working with people that's that's what i want to do and i and i've got myself to a level now where i know i can so i'll be officially announcing that very soon but i guess i can kind of half announce it here so that's what Ew. i've got going on pretty soon <laughs>
0: so, yeah congrats bro that's um that's massive
1: so yeah so that'll be through the mind trading as well and yeah. Uh, i'll be yeah i'm getting a website it's nearly finished now but I, i'm nearly kind of um getting everything out there over the next month or two so yeah, that'll be happening which i'm really excited about because i i just love the idea of being out to work with people but i i didn't want to have to wait like three years before i'm accredited to do that like oh yeah. there's still ways that i can work with people on certain levels yeah. like just say if i'm working with people and i feel that they actually need like psychotherapy well i would just i would refer them on but not everybody does and so those people are in that level that could work with someone like me for mindset coaching reframing trauma or just personal development stuff well you know let's work together that's what i'm here for but yeah yeah, that's yeah i'm excited for that
0: i resonate with that as well um god we resonate on a lot of things man it's been an incredible it's been an incredible conversation this afternoon. I really uh, appreciate you, you sharing your time and you sharing your journey and your thoughts around so many great topics, you know, belief systems there, wrapping things up, um, grit a little bit earlier, the power of meditation and becoming grateful for our situations and our life and even your understanding and um, perspective on anxiety and depressions and being able to recognise our behaviours Um, and patterns within those emotions and feelings and um, yeah thank you so so much for joining us and sharing those uh, incredible insights on the evocative project.
1: Mate thank you so much for having me on it's seriously I'm honored when people ask me on to do this kind of stuff and you've been a great host so yeah it's been a great chat. I really 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 enjoyed it so thank you so much again Blake
0: yeah i'm really excited to see what we can do in the future together as well man i'm really really uh yeah excited for this connection this journey together so thank you
1: absolutely me too You.